Thank you for listening to the Fearless LA podcast. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. I love this. Roman 1.16 says this, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes. Come on, say I'm a believer. First for the Jew and then the Gentile. Uh, also, it says this in Romans 8, 19. It says this, the creation of the world waits eagerly in expectation for the sons, and we can put daughters in there as well, of God to be revealed. I love how, how the message version puts Romans 8, 3. It says, God went for the jugular, <laughs> to all those that thought Christmas was about just a nice uh, fluffy holiday, for God went for the jugular when he sent his only son. He did not deal with our problems as something remote or unimportant. In his son Jesus, he personally took on the human condition and entered this disordered mess for struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. Verse 15. The resurrection life you receive from God is not timid. Come on, somebody say it's not timid. And I love how he puts it right here. It's not gra a grave-tending life. So it's not waiting around to die. It's adventurous and expectant. We greet God with a childlike faith. We saw the children on this stage that says, what's next, Papa? I love that. And God touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And now we know we are going to get what is coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. Come on, God has gifts for you this season. He has gifts for you last. Some of, some of the gifts he had for us last season, we have not yet opened. Some of us are just piling gifts up at the tree that Father God has, has, has ready for us. And again, God did not handle the problem of our sin, which simply means missing the mark. We aimed, we fired, and we missed. I don't know if you've ever missed, but I miss often. I'm going to miss as your pastor I often miss as a husband. My wife, my miss, can tell you all about that. I often miss as a dad. My kids can tell you all about that. I often let people down. I let myself down. But every time I fire, I don't hit. Sometimes I do, but most of the time I don't. Do I got a witness in the house? And the Bible says, for all have sinned or all have missed and fallen short of God's glory for your life. But Jesus came that we would have life more abundantly, not just in the next life, but in this life. He wants to give you good gifts in this life while you miss the mark. Jesus came in and hit the mark for us. Amen. And that cross was a one time hit that that was not a remote. In other words, God did not send a drone strike on the devil with his remote in heaven. He sent his only son. And he came not with weapons. He didn't come with an army. He came as a baby with words. And his words were so powerful that his word is the thing that nailed him to the cross. He says, it's not you that take my life. I take my life. 
His words made him obedient to the Father's will. And those same words that formed the planet that walked in Jesus. Jesus said, I didn't come to speak about the word. I am the word and am the life. And today we're opening that word. And I believe today it's going to change your life. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on. Anybody ready? I want to read to you as the kids read a little bit from the Christmas story. uh, Because I think sometimes in this side of the victory of Jesus, we often forget what the real story said. I think in this side of my victory with Jesus, I I read the story totally different because my Christmas looks a lot different than the first Christmas. In fact, my Christmas and the first Christmas actually look nothing alike on the outside, although in the inside they are both celebrating the same thing. My Christmas this year, we'll, we'll put on Christmas music. I, I'm, a, I'm a fine connoisseur of, of records, uh, and I am also a fine connoisseur of vintage clothing and all things. My wife would just say, you're a hoarder. But uh, I'm a fine connoisseur. I, I love Christmas records. I, I got tons of them. I got, all, I got gospel Christmas records. I got Johnny Crash Christmas records. I got whatever the goodwill will afford me. Amen. And so uh, I love Christmas. It's such a wonderful time. Uh, we wrap up tree, uh, wrap up, <laughs> we don't wrap up trees. We wrap up presents and put them around the tree. And uh, we love to have traditions in our family. We wake up and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm a sucker for traditions. Uh, I love eggnog, even though I don't really like eggnog. I just pretend to love eggnog. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have the stockings, even though we have a loft, we don't have a fireplace. We just hang them on a tree house. And we love Christmas. We're about to go be with both of our families, and we're so excited that we actually are going to get to be with our families. Christy's dad, uh, three weeks ago, as may, many of you may know, uh, had a massive uh, heart attack and died eight times on his way to the hospital, and doctors gave up on him. They said, pull the plug. He's brain dead. Pack your, in your suitcase, pack a funeral outfit, and uh, we got there, and we began to pray. We said, not on our watch. And Pastor Glenn is sitting up, breathing alive and well. He's a miracle. And uh, we can't get to wait to go see him. Our, our plans got canceled of going to the cabin. We had to cancel that Airbnb. But we're just happy to be a, have him around. Amen. And can't wait to see my mom and family. And we're going to go do that. Hopefully you get the opportunity to hug somebody you love uh, this, this Christmas season. But the first Christmas did not really look much like our Christmas And to those that maybe the person you love, you don't get to hug this Christmas. I want to reflect on the first Christmas to give you hope. Because not everything that looks bad ends bad. Not everything that looks bad ends bad. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. For all those that are walking into a viper's lair this Christmas. For all those that are walking into turmoil and everyone smiles on the outside, but there's more going on below the surface. To everyone that's walking into an alcoholic home or a place that used to be abused, I believe that God is going to give you a new perspective on the same situation today. Amen? I came to give you some ammunition today. Is that okay? Amen. Matthew chapter 18, verse 1 says, Now this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother, Mary, y'all know her, right? His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. So ain't married yet. But before they come, came together, before they had a night of passion, Marvin Gaye put a ring on it. Amen. Praise God. Read between the lines. She was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Now, that must have been a unique conversation between Mary and Joseph. 
and with Joseph's homies. Now, I'm telling you, she told me it was the Holy Spirit. They're like, bro, Joseph, you, you crazy. It ain't the Holy Spirit, brother. Uh, we weren't born yesterday. She, she, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit. But because Joseph, the, the word should have said, because Joseph didn't believe her, <laughs> the Bible says, because Joseph, because Joseph was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had it in his mind to divorce her quietly. Now, now notice, Joseph was a nice man, but he wasn't born yesterday. So Mary came to him, obviously, before this moment, said, Joe, I'm pregnant, but don't worry. It's not my old boyfriend. It's not the guy from Jerusalem High School. It's the Holy Spirit. And Joe's like, all right. And so he started planning how he was going to divorce her privately, because if this would have happened in their day and time, the woman would have been stoned to death. So although Joseph didn't believe her, he was a nice guy. And so here's Joseph. He, 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 had, he had it in his mind not to do it public. They would come out publicly and say, here's what she did. And then the whole town would stone her to death. He had it in his mind to do it quietly. But after he considered this, thank God he considered it, because all of us would have been in a lot of trouble. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Here's a, here's a message for your Christmas. Do not be afraid. Do not give into fear. Fear is a choice. If you have the ability to not do it, it's a choice. Come on, we're going to choose love, not fear. We're going to choose faith, not fear. Come on, Joseph. Do not be afraid. And, and, and look, God's not just telling Joseph, do not be afraid of an easy circumstance. Do not be afraid of the difficult moments you're about to face. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Mary, I want you to take Mary home as your wife because what is in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and here's his name. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet This is what the prophet said. The virgin will be with child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel. Somebody say Emmanuel. Which means God with us. Come on, take a deep breath today. His very name is contrary to how you feel right now. He's not God far from us. He's not God one day will be with us. He's not God is with you in your righteousness. God is with you in your holiness. He's God with us. In fact, my Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So no matter where you sit right now, Christ sits with you. Amen. God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth. And they gave him the name Jesus. This is the Christmas story. All over the world, people will celebrate Christmas. There's Christmas songs, Christmas colors, Christmas animals, Christmas imaginary things. Christmas is everywhere. You cannot escape Christmas. It's happening all over the world. But most of the world is trying to take Christ out of the Christmas. 
And today we're here to put Christ back where he belongs and put him at the center of Christmas. But if you're going to put Christ at the Christmas, you cannot also take chaos out of Christmas. I know we want chaos out of the Christmas, but in the Christmas story, because Christ was in it, there was also chaos. If we were to go back to the first story, they had to tell the first actors in the first story, don't be afraid. Don't, I wish I could have a better Christmas. I wish I could have a joyful Christmas. Well, then you won't be having Christmas at all. Because the first Christmas, there was a lot of fear. The first Christmas, there was espionage. The first Christmas, there was family members trying to take them out. The first Christmas was done in seclusion and hiding. While the angels were singing, man was cursing. If today you want a Christmas like the first Christmas, we got to go back to the story. Because the first Christmas was about a couple chosen to change the world. Do we have anyone here chosen to change the world? I think sometimes when I think about being chosen to change the world, I think it looks a lot like selling ice cream. You ever been when you bought ice cream? That person behind the counter is your favorite person, unless they are a bad scooper. As long as they're a good scooper, they're your favorite person. Man, I thought a lot of times that being chosen to change the world would look like scooping good ice cream. As long as I put a lot on the plate, everybody will love me. But I found out something quite the contrary. That sometimes being chosen to change the world is signing up for being hated. Signing up for being ostracized. Signing up for being rejected. Sometimes being chosen to change the world is signing up for being fired. Or rejected from the thing you thought you should be accepted at. Sometimes signing up from being chosen to change the world doesn't mean open doors. It means slam doors all around you. And I look at this story and I find out that these two people got chosen to change the world. But I just want to remind you today that sometimes being chosen to change the world doesn't feel like you've been chosen to change the world. Feels like you've been chosen more for a nightmare, more than more than a dream. Sometimes the dream, you got to remind yourself, no, that was my illusion. This is the dream. Thank God for the dream because I know how God's kingdom works. Sometimes in it, it doesn't look good. But thank God he reminded me that joy comes in the morning. It may not be happening right now in my midnight, but if I just wait, if I just hold on to it, I will see the victory of the Lord in this situation. Sometimes my promise is dead before it's alive. I want to be like those women who kept coming to the grave and believing, believing that he is who he says he is, worshiping at the tomb. Sometimes you got to worship at the tomb of your dreams. Sometimes you got to worship at the tomb of what God promised you. you got to continue to worship and praise when everybody else has left, when everybody else has walked away and say, this is the dream. This is what we signed up for. Thank you, God, for dark days. Because if it wasn't for dark days, I wouldn't be able to celebrate great days. One day someone will be celebrating where I've been crying. Come on, where the women cried at that tomb, we celebrate at that tomb. We call it Easter. Today, I want to remind you that Christmas was not like our Christmas. The Christmas, the first Christmas was not filled with joy or praise or wonder, except for the angels who could see the whole picture. I want to tell you the first Christmas, at least in this story, we see Joseph and Mary trying to run as fast as they can away from the very miracle God's trying to give them. We, we see Joseph trying to privately run from the very call 
that he had to change the world. We see Joseph about to put away his only escape. You see, for if it wasn't for God's entrance, I wouldn't have an exit. We see this guy, Joseph, if we could yell at him, like uh, the never-ending story where the kid opens the book and he starts talking to it. I don't know if you're a child of the 80s, but if you are, you understand what I'm saying. If we could open the Bible, we should be yelling at Joseph. No, Joseph. Don't run, Joseph. No, Joseph. Stay on path. No, Joseph. I know it looks bad, but keep on going. No, Joseph, you've been called to change it. Joseph, don't put away my only exit. And I wonder if right now someone's reading your life, someone's looking into your life. And as you sit there and wonder if you should throw away the call, the angels are shouting from heaven. No, Delicia, don't throw it away. No, Sam, don't throw it away. No, Heather, don't throw it away. So if you don't, I won't have an exit. I wonder who's waiting on the other side of our obedience. I know it doesn't seem like a big deal. I know it feels like nobody's watching, but please believe me. Your life is a movie and it's an epic. It's, it's a journey. It has to have some low moments. It has to have some moments where you feel like all your faith is gone. Because if not, you would be leaning upon yourself. But when all your faith is gone and all your hope is gone, you have the Lord to lean on. His understanding is beyond. And I dare you this Christmas. If you're chosen to change the world, to not be intimidated anymore, to not be afraid anymore, to realize that the gifts God gives often don't leave you feeling gifted. Because <laughs> if you've been gifted, you understand also what it's like to be hated. Because there is nobody that's hated that's not gifted. The only people that have hate are the ones that are gifted. So if the hate has made you feel like nothing, just remember people don't hate someone that's lower than them. They only hate someone they feel like is ahead of them. Come on, if you've experienced hate, just remember that when you're gifted, you just don't always feel gifted. It, it, you're feel, but good thing our feelings aren't going to lead us this Christmas. Good thing his truth is going to lead us this Christmas. Many times when... We're gifted. We don't feel like it's been wrapped the way we want it to be wrapped. Many times the gifts of the Lord, if we could keep them closed, keep them in the package, it would feel better. Because when you're chosen to change the world, sometimes you have to step out and open the gifts alone. Most of the times that I've gotten a gift from God, when I get it, I usually don't feel the joy I thought I would. God's gifts have a tendency to spark joy when you look back on them. Today, our celebration, our Christmas sweaters, our favorite list of Andy's Christmas list of movies, all these things that we celebrate are all the joy that sparked out of this painful moment for a couple. I wonder what joy and celebration sits on the other side of our pain. For those that are called, the choice is not to just have a call, but it's to have courage in the call, to trust in the call. Looking back, it always sparks joy. You ask someone that's been through something or walked through something or was abused or was left or was abandoned. And many times you will ask them, 
If I could erase it, you could erase it, would you? Would you do different things if you could have? And sometimes they'll think for a second, but more often than not, they'll say, no, that pain, that rejection, although I would have rather not walked through it, it made me who I am. And who I am is valuable. It's often on this side of the pain that we can celebrate. It's often on this part of the pain we can look back and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It's on this side of the promise that we begin to celebrate. And Mary and Joseph finally got to celebrate. But I want to warn you that initially when you get a gift from God, when you get a gift from God, it often doesn't feel like a gift when you get it. In fact, it feels like, like quite the opposite. Op, op, often it feels like confusion or mayhem when God gives a gift. Often when you get a gift from God, it feels like chaos. You may wonder in your own mind if you've been gifted or if this is a plot from the enemy to destroy your life. Can I get a witness? But if we would lean into Joseph, we could realize that I'm so thankful that he chose and courage to move forward. No matter what other people handed him, in the moment of being gifted. God chose Joseph to be Jesus' dad. He chose Mary to be Jesus' mom. What greater honor in all of heaven than to be God's parents? Wow. What, what a, a position of prominence and purpose. But even Joseph and Mary felt so small when they had been gifted, even though they were so tall. And Joseph, in confusion and disbelief and the season and the moment and embarrassment, almost did away with the very thing that would give him an exit out of this world and would give us an exit. I wonder if today um, some of us are almost hiding things that we've been gifted with. I'm, I wonder if we've almost put away the very things that are actually going to be the downfall of the enemy in our life. Our testimony, what God's brought us through. Is when Joseph was gifted, he was not dancing, nor celebrating, or even Instagramming about it. Probably because he didn't have Instagram, but we don't even see him opening the gift with excitement or joy. We see him worried and upset. When God gives gifts, it often worries you before it blesses you. At the time... Joseph, Joseph leaps off the pages in the story. He's not trying to get closer to sweet baby Jesus. He's trying to get as far as he stinking can. He says, how can I get out? If you've ever had a, how can I get out of this moment? You might be in the center of his will. Just as calmly and as quietly, he wanted to withdraw from being the center of attention and run from the very gift that God gave. I've found that many times when God gives you a gift, instead of running towards it, <laughs> at least for me, I've usually tried to run away from it. And it's funny with the gift, because who knows what's in the gift except the giver? It's the giver that knows what's inside, because I don't believe that it is the gift of God that freaks us out. I don't believe it's the gift because we know that God is a good father. Even the best father will be lame compared to the good father. And God, God says, 
Who, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Who, if his son asks him for fish, will give him a scorpion? I am a good father. In comparison, your fathers are wicked and evil. So we know that God gives good gifts. We know as we breathe, as we feel the sun, as we live on this planet, we know that God gives good gifts. So what are we so afraid of? If the gift is good, why does it freak us out? Because we often get stuck at the wrapping. We often never even open the gift. It's not the gift that scares us. It's the wrapping. It's that God gives gifts that are good, but often he wraps them in pain, in turmoil, in rejection. And he says, no, 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 Peter, you know, apostle, you know, I know you're up here in heaven now. I know you wanted it to be wrapped in your cute wrapping paper, but, but we got to continue to wrap like this. So give me that paper that says rejected. Come on, let's, let's wrap it up because really the gifts God gives are military advancement in your life. They are strategically placed. And as you know, if you have something valuable in your car at night, you need to cover it up. You, you need to put it in an old bag. Don't put it in a Louis Vuitton bag if it's Louis Vuitton. Put it in a paper bag. Wrinkle it up because if someone looks in and they see its value, they will steal it. See, often the gifts that God gives us, he wraps them in an ugly bag, in a paper bag. Maybe I've seen God wrap gifts in being fired from a job or being walked out on in a relationship. Oh, no, no, he didn't leave you on accident. He needed to leave you so that you you can realize how see God doesn't wrap like we we wrap the opposite we usually wrap it better than what's inside we have professional rappers why because you got to make the outside look good so you want to get to the inside but God does it quite the opposite. He does not rap like man. See, man wraps the outside good and lets you down on the inside. But God wraps the, uh, he, he has something so bad on the inside, no wrapping paper could do. So he's just going to hide the gift he has for you. See, if, if you felt hidden, if you felt abandoned, if you felt alone, if you felt like no one sees you, it's not because you're not valuable. God has been hiding you. He's been hiding. He's slipping you. You are the Trojan horse. Who likes gifts? Let me see. Who likes gifts? Right here, Vicky. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Who else likes gifts? Right here. Come back. Come on up here. Here's a gift. Here you go. Here's a gift from God. Here's a gift from God. Oh, there you go. You didn't want that one, huh? You're trying to pass it off. You know why she did that? Because you know on the top of this package, what does it say right on the top of that? Stress. Stress. You're like, oh, thanks, God, for this. Here you go. <laughs> what else does it say? What, what, does anything say anything else? Problems, anxiety. Okay. You've been blessed, highly favored. The Lord has a gift for you. And the package says stress, anxiety. And, and most of us, we do exactly what Melody did. I don't know if she did that on purpose, but it's a powerful point for my sermon. As soon as God gives us a gift, we're like, ah, this must not be mine. There must be two Jeremys in this crowd. Come on here. And we try to pass off. You know how we do that? We, we call it empowering. I'm just going to empower people. No, no, you were called to do this. Oh, we go, hey, you'd be great at this. No, no, they would be great at that. <laughs> Me? I'm too busy. <laughs> what else does this say? Broke, rejected, abandoned, and unloved. Wow. Woo. What a good father you have up there. 
broke, ejected, abandoned, alone. I, I felt like this in the very beginning, frustrated and hated. Mm. Wow. So, so you've been gifted. Now, now, what happens for most of us is because the paper freaks us out. We never actually open the gift. So go put those under the tree right there. Go put those under that tree. See, I wonder when we get to heaven. No, no not that tree. That tree. See, God, there's a tree, and he's, because of the tree, he's given us gifts. But even the, tr- the gift of the cross, look at the wrapping of the cross. Look at the, I mean, I know it's cool now. Put a necklace on. People weren't wearing necklaces of the electric chair. The gift of the cross was a murderer's death. It was an embarrassment. You died naked on the cross, not because Jesus was, had a, was in good shape. You died naked on the cross because it was a shameful death. But the gift of the cross is my gift of eternal life. But because we can't handle the paper, we often leave the gifts under the tree and live a life trying to fight without the gift God gave us. Trying to ignore the gifts God gave us. Trying to leave the, the call God gave us. Because being called to change the world doesn't look like we thought it would look. But can I tell you this? The paper only lasts for a moment. This is why the Bible says joy comes in the morning. Come on. If, if, if you really knew. Look, who's, I mean, how crazy you get a gift. You're like, I don't like the paper. It's been 14 years. Why haven't you opened? I just just don't like the the paper freaks me out. Bro, we need to get counseling. Just rip it. Just give me one of those gifts. Give me one of those gifts. Just, just look how, how, how easy is it to get rid? What do you do with the paper when you're done? Yeah, some guy comes around with a big five gallon trash bag and he's the nice guy in the house and he just throws everything away. And and at my house in the country, we used to put it all in the fire. Look, what some of you need to do with rejection and anxiety and fear and worry is you need to just rip it off and you need to throw it in the fire. You just say, thank you for wrapping it so you can hide the power of the gift underneath. In fact, there was someone in our church that in uh, like the last couple of years, they got fired from their job. And they said, I got let go. But you know what that means, right? We're letting you go. It's too busy. You know, (laughs) we're letting you go. You're like. It's too busy. I'm letting me go. What does that mean? They got fired. They got fired. And I, I preached this message. And they came up to me and said, you know what? I'm going to take what you said. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live it out. So they took the paper and said, I'm not going to receive that as rejection of me. I know God's got a call for me. And you know what? That person now owns two or three businesses that are all producing a couple of million dollars a year. And they would have never walked in that victory if they hadn't realized that God gives good gifts. Don't get stuck on the paper. The first Christmas, they had to get past the paper to receive the gift. Amen. Amen. Come on. That's as easy as you should rip off anxiety and depression and fear and worry. Not not that it's not hard. Not that it's not hard. But if you will use the strength of Christ, the power of Christ, it's hard in your own strength, but in his strength to get past that past, to be past what they said. Oh, I'm broke this year. Oh, it's okay. My God owns it all. I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep going to be a part of community. I've been hurt before, but you know what? There's a gift in here somewhere. I'm searching for the gift. 
There is an expectation when you get the gift that once the paper is gone, you will find the purpose. So we got to get past the paper. Come on, no one gets a gift. And they're like ripping it open. It's like, of course there's nothing in there. You expect something to be in there. You expect there to be a prize. Come on, if you're willing to rip the paper, expect there to be a prize. If you're willing to get rid of the past, expect there to be a prize. If you're willing to get past rejection and being broke and going crazy and being last picked, expect a prize. Because God is a good giver of gifts. Mm. And the funny thing is, Around Mary and Joseph, all the people around them, even the king of their day, was trying to kill the gift that they had. In fact, the king sent magi there to worship him, but really he was trying to kill baby Jesus. And we find out later that in order to try to kill him, when he goes missing, he kills all the firstborn, all the way to two years old in the whole land. I never thought about this way, but Jesus had no one his age. Everyone his age was killed at his birth. And so here we have. The greatest gift on earth coinciding with some of the greatest tragedy on earth. Can I take it further? When God gives gifts, it's dangerous to your enemies. And hope, when you open it, when you open that joy that God's sending to you, it can only be experienced in stages. When God gives gifts, he gives gifts you have to steward. There are two kinds of gifts you can get. You can get a gift that's dead, a robot, a spatula. It's finished. It is what it is. There's no life in it. But when God gives gifts, he always gives you gifts that are alive. He gives gifts that have to be stewarded. It's the difference between getting a spatula to cook with and a puppy. When you get a puppy, you have to steward it. When you get a puppy, it's like, oh, thank you. You're saying, thank you, I'm so excited about the puppy, but you're thinking of all the work that the gift entails. The gifts of God come in their embryonic stages. Look at even how he sent Jesus. He didn't send Jesus as a full-grown man already when in the world. He sent him to have to be stewarded by two parents. See, when God gives you a gift, don't expect it to be finished. Expect it to be in the embryonic stages. See, many people don't unwrap it, but even those that do, they forget that God's gifts aren't finished yet. I mean, they're finished, but they're not grown yet. They're not matured yet. You and I have to steward them. When I first started preaching, I didn't preach like this. I had to steward this gift. And when I go on to be with Jesus, that last sermon I give, I will preach better because I'm going to continue to steward the gift that God gives me because it's growing. It's shipped. Let me say it this way. Don't put an end to something just because it isn't grown yet. Don't judge something in its embryonic stages. It cannot carry the weight of what it will carry. It would have been like the wise men looking at Jesus and say, no way you could save our, our, our world. He couldn't at that time, but he was sent to do it. The gift inside you has to be, has to be stewarded. And, and, and the first thing the angel tells Joseph is what? Do not be afraid. Wow, what a message to fearless church. What a message to the called. If you're going to embrace the gift of the call in your life, you're going to have to make this your anthem. Do not be afraid. 
Why, why does he say that to him? He was echoing what a prophet said in the book of Isaiah. He said, do not be afraid, for I am with you. Come on, again. do not be afraid, for I am with you. When he said that to Joseph, Joseph would have thought of the word he learned in, in preschool. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. What God was saying to Joseph is you don't have to fear because I started this. And what I start, I finish. Come on, what I start, I finish. I think, I think there is some things we need to be afraid of. We need to be fearful of some things that we started. When you start that dream, when you start that diet, and you say, oh, this was from God, and it wasn't, you better be afraid of that thing because what God doesn't start, he doesn't finish. But if God started it, if God authored it, if God ordained it, what I start, I finish. So do not be afraid because... I am with you. I'm going to carry you. I don't start something and not finish it. See, Joe, it's me riding on board. I'm in Mary's womb. So wherever you go, you will be blessed. Wherever you go, you will be taken care of. It was not your idea. It was my idea. Come on. You got to get to a place where your dreams stop becoming your ideas. If you're living out dreams that are just your ideas, you are missing the God potential in your life. Because if you get some God dreams, they'll freak you out, make you feel like you want to quit. But God will say, do not fear. Why? Because I'm with you. Do not fear because you're real strong. Do not fear because you got a lot of courage. Do not fear because you're real creative. No, do not fear because I'm with you. Joseph, don't run from the very thing that I put in you to change the world. And when God gives gifts... They often come wrapped in a way that makes us not feel gifted at all. Feels honestly more like a curse. I don't know how many times I've prayed, God, can I just do something else than whatever I'm currently doing? I don't know how many times I say, God, I just wanted to be a drummer in a band. Not that a drummer's bad, that just sounds fun to me. It's like selling ice cream. Everybody loves the drummer. God, can I just, can I do something else? And that doesn't mean that I'm not called. That doesn't mean I'm not chosen. It actually means I'm called. Because the thing in front of me is so much bigger than me. We've got to get past the wrapping. Three things about the God, gifts that God gives. Number one. They're expensive. Know that he is, an, he is a lavish gift giver. In fact, when he sent Jesus, he didn't find a, a broken angel that no one really wanted around and said, hey, you're kind of annoying. Get out of here. Go save mankind, which an angel could have done it. He said, what's the most expensive thing we have here? Is it the bricks? No. Gold bricks? They're so not valuable in heaven. We'll just make them the road. Houses? No. Animals? I, I don't know. Oh, Jesus, you're the most valuable. Why don't we send you as a gift? God is an expensive gift giver. I mean, lavish. I mean, wild. I mean, you're just embarrassed at the, at the price. He, I'm embarrassed of the price he paid for me. Often I feel insecure about the price he paid for me. Like, God, maybe he paid it for that guy, for that guy, but for me? I mean, that's, that's how God gives gifts. If you feel that, you're in the right place. Because God gives lavish gifts. They are expensive. In fact, the gifts God gives are so expensive, they're priceless. Number two, God gives gifts that never have to be taken back. Because they shrunk. They didn't fit. They weren't made right. It was a copy of another. The symbol wore off. 
God, God doesn't give gifts that wear out. God doesn't give gifts that are phony. God, God gives pure gifts. And his gifts to you are not, are not like any other gift that anybody else has. He did not make a copy of theirs to give to you. Oh, they kind of like this. No, he made you unique. He gave you, even in marriages, he made you unique. Even in close friendship, even if you, you fit into one of the Enneagrams. You're a one on the Enneagram and they're a one on the Enneagram. You're like, we're exactly like. No, that's demonic. You are not exactly like. Right? I say that in a joking way, but you know even the Enneagram was made up by cultish people. So you can use it, but don't let it be your Holy Spirit. Right? Thank God for these ideas, but at the same time, God gives me unique gifts. I'm like no one else that has ever walked this earth. There will never be anyone like me. They might be kind of like me, but it is not me. God has created me unique and individual and special, and he's, he has a promise for me. He has a call for me, and the same with you. God doesn't have a call for three people and not the rest. No, he has a call for your life, and all of heaven is waiting on the other side, saying, Joe, Mary, don't run. Don't walk away. What looks to be horrible is God's plan for your life. Get past the paper. And number three, when God gives gifts, when God gives gifts. It will last forever. I wanted to see that because I wanted to say it right. It will last forever. God gives gifts that are, that are so valuable. God gives gifts that that are not like any other, and God gives gifts that will last forever. What God has promised over you cannot be taken away, cannot be scratched out. That gift is sitting there waiting for you. It's like a puppy going, oh, let me out, let me out, let me out. You're like, ah, oh. going broke, oh. stress. Oh. It's not my type of person. I, I don't know if I can handle that tree. And God says, if you don't pick up your cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me. You know what that cross is? Opening that gift. You know what that cross is? Not being afraid, Joseph. You know what that cross is? Not being afraid anymore, Mary. Why? Because he's with me. If he's with me, I can open that gift. If he's with me, I can get rid of that paper. If he's with me, I can see the value on the inside. Look, God is not giving you a worse gift than the paper. It's always better than the paper. What's on the inside you've been waiting for? What if you would let it out of the cage would change the world? What if you would get some boldness today? Just five seconds of courage to say, God, I'm opening this gift. I'm opening these calls. I'm going to do what you called me to do. Come on, would you stand to your feet all over this room? Maybe you're at the white elephant gift table and you need to learn how to pick gifts better. You know what the rules are at the white elephant gift table, right? Don't pick the one that's wrapped good. Don't pick the bag that looks nice. Pick the ugliest looking one. Because under the ugly one, someone has tried to hide a good gift. Often in life, I've tried to pick the nicest looking gifts on the outside and been duped every time. But I encourage you, it's not in the things of this world. But God has a gift for you that outlasts everything on the table. And he wants to give it to you this Christmas. Come on, can we sing this song together and let the Lord touch our lives? Thank you for listening. If you have something you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or to find more information about Fearless LA.